0: This week, we are going back to our roots, telling you about not one, but two tragic and recent deaths of real estate agents, both simply doing their jobs, both gunned down in the prime of their careers and lives. I'm Christina.
1: And I'm Kristen.
0: And today on The Real Crime Podcast, we will be exploring the murders of Soren Arn Schlegel, And Sarah Trost. On October 5th of last year, 2021, Soren, a realtor down in Virginia, was jubilant and posted to his Facebook business page, congratulations to my out of town buyer. I'm so happy I was able to find him a home that fits his needs. Do you want to be a happy buyer too? Call me. He was so excited that he had found an Alabama buyer, a home at 74 Bowling Road in Portsmouth, Virginia. Friends, of course, rushed to his Facebook page to add their thumbs up and likes to the post and celebrate the closing with Zorin. So he was a really beloved member of this community.
1: He was pretty popular.
0: Very. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Everyone. And involved and involved yes he was really really involved in the hampton roads lgbtq organization uh there and just kind of seemed to have everything going in his life um his parents were realtors or his mother at least and his dad owned an inspection business they just all seemed... in the same
1: exactly same business like type same really, thing
0: really really involved um Actually, according to an article from Six News of Richmond, the president of the Hampton Roads Pride, uh, Rudy Almanzor, was quoted as saying that Soren always had tons of energy. I never saw him not smiling, laughing and wanting to have fun. He worked hard, played hard. So it was pretty exciting stuff for him. He had kind of everything going for him.
1: Until this Alabama buyer. Exactly. So
0: Albert Baglione uh, was his client. Albert was an 84-year-old man from Alabama that had called on Soren's services to find him a home before he made the move to Virginia. The closing occurred on October 5th of 2021. Albert moved into his home on a Thursday. Now, it just says on a Thursday, no official date was given, but given the rest of the timeline, it's safe to assume that this occurred on the following Thursday, which would have been October 7th of 2021. Then on Friday, October 8th, 2021, Soren called Albert uh, to come by the house because he wanted to return it.
1: Other way around. Albert called Soren.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, excuse me. Albert called Soren. My bad. The buyer. Uh, the buyer the called the realtor uh, because he wanted
1: to return his house. Which that's the thing you can do. Which you can't. You can't do any. any... I kept the receipt. Can I please return it? <laughs> exactly. So anyone that's listening,
0: this is not like a, you know, a CarMax 30 day guarantee. There is no return on a house after you buy it you buy it you hate it you list it and sell it that's your option
1: it sounds like that ariana grande song you buy it you hate it you list it you sell it <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> that one the five rings or something yeah,
0: yeah. That's, that's, that's gonna be my new um real estate marketing campaign <laughs> exactly you buy it you hate it you list it you sell it i'll You're do welcome. it with a ponytail <laughs> So now in Connecticut, all real estate transactions are overseen by attorneys. Now, that's not a legal obligation in Virginia because, of course, you know, things kind of vary from state to state. Now, if I had been in Soren's shoes at this point, I would have just referred this client to his attorney as it really wouldn't be something that I could assist with outside of the relisting process, you know?
1: Right. Because, again, you cannot return a home.
0: Correct. Albert had seen the home for the very first time on that Thursday after the sale was completed
1: which I mean that's on you Albert well so buying yeah buying a house what is sight, sight unseen. unseen
0: so he had done a sight unseen on, like transaction and it's not as uncommon as you might think it actually happens a lot in the world of real estate, like more than I would have thought. Now, I I feel like you have to be in a house in order to know, like you have to feel the house, whether or not you're going to live in.
1: It could be it
0: Exactly. It could have anything. It could just... Terrible energy. Exactly. It could be like the lighting could be weird. Like the the floor plan could have no flow to it. Just
1: so everyone knows. And I don't know if this is terrible for me to say. That's okay. That's okay. But um, houses don't look the same. In person as they do um, in the pictures, like at all. A thousand pictures are made to make the house look really amazing and like get you into the house to actually see it.
0: Like we pay really incredible photographers to do that. Like, I, I mean, we pay hundreds of dollars to have photos taken. We try to keep it as accurate as possible. But if you want to see the grand scope of a room, oftentimes you have to use a lens that's going to kind of like a wide From lens the top
1: corner of the exactly <laughs> exactly
0: to really see it all in a photo because we're trying to I mean, let's face it, almost everything is bought and sold online these days, you know? even homes. So you really want to make sure that you're getting a full picture. And what Albert was doing is putting a lot of trust into a realtor. And I mean, even if they're personally referred to you, they're basically a stranger to you, you know?
1: Right.
0: So even if Soren had helped Albert's kids or, you know, a friend of Albert's or something, he's still essentially a stranger. And so how do you know that taste levels are going to be the same. And when someone says move-in ready, I think, oh, well, I can live there and then do stuff to it. And my move-in ready is definitely not the average person's move-in ready. Not my
1: move-in ready at all. It
0: is not her (laughs) move-in ready. Because when we moved into this place, she was like, this is not move-in ready. like,
1: you're living here? (laughs) And I was like,
0: we are. What's wrong with that? (laughs) But it, it really is one of those circumstances where... It's it's such a personal experience that it's got to be tough. However, by doing this, you have to go into the like you have to go into the process with the understanding that if you hate the house, you
1: can't blame the realtor. Again, nor can you return it.
0: Right, right. Right. And like, unless, like, let's say the realtor didn't disclose to you that it's literally under the highway, or
1: like something really big right, about the house, like
0: there's a giant pit or something next to it, you know. But that
1: wasn't the case here. Exactly, it was actually a decent house. It was. I don't know what the problem was. I well,
0: Albert didn't like it.
1: Something's wrong with Albert.
0: A lot. So Soren went to the home. I'm sure he felt it would probably be easier to have his next conversation in person versus having it over the phone. Albert, as we had mentioned earlier, was older. And from what I'm seeing on both Soren's Facebook page posted by people close to him and in a couple of articles, it's possible that Albert maybe had some memory issues or dementia.
1: If that's the case, that can cause some huge personality swings.
0: Absolutely. It's also a situation where a person is not of sound mind to be able to buy or sell right. property. But at the same time, just keep this in mind because I've run into this where I sold a woman's house. Nothing was out of the ordinary to me, nothing was bizarre. She was a sweet woman, she had made a decision. And her daughter basically called me like six months after and said that she had no knowledge that her mother had sold the house and moved and that I never should have sold her house because her mother has dementia. And like her mother had no signs or symptoms or anything like that. That was a different one. I've had had a couple of them where (laughs) it's like I have a tendency because of the areas that I work in. I work with a lot of older people and... It's, you know, like if a family member disagrees with what their parent is doing, a lot of times we'll get some sort of message of like, hey, they have dementia. You can't buy or sell with them. And it's like, okay, well, I need a letter from an attorney because I'm not. you
1: need a power of attorney Exactly, and
0: and I can't diagnose that personally, you know. So, again, it's a circumstance here where it's possible that Albert had something going on. But if this is a, a, a distance relationship... You know, Soren wasn't seeing Albert's ins and outs and everyday behavior. You know, he he can't diagnose it himself over the phone. Some people are also just quirky, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard to tell. So Soren likely knew that his clients suffered from maybe some confusion as these things generally pop up over the course of a transaction. We as realtors really get to know our clients. Like Sometimes more than we want to. We (laughs) really get to know everything about them. And when Soren arrived, according to a neighbor who chose to remain anonymous, he was, unfortunately, fatally shot by Albert. Now, after Albert fatally shot Soren in his driveway, he then called his son, hung up with his son, then called 911, Proceeded to tell the operator just flat out that he had shot and killed his realtor. After hanging up that call, he proceeded to end his own life by suicide.
1: Well, so here's where there's two separate versions. So this this case really has, like we were saying before, like eight facts. But right. They're, I guess they're not really facts because there's different accounts of all of them. Right.
0: And it's, it is kind of interesting because like there were versions right. of this and we so, really had to kind of sift through the version.
1: Another version of that was um, that the police and the SWAT team arrived to Albert alive and he came out to like he opened the door for them mm-hmm. and then shut the door and went back inside and then shot himself. They heard a. A shot. Right. And then they went. They into realized. The house.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, what? What? Yeah. Like in a couple of the articles that I saw, and I'm sure you did too. The police arrived to find the two bodies. Basically.
1: Yeah. Oh, also, and Soren and Albert were inside the house. Inside the house. Okay. Okay. So I don't. I just don't know. <clears throat>
0: how are these so inconsistent it's 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 bizarre and it's probably a lot of hearsay and information from other people and so it's it's tough for us cuz we're not in the heart of it you know knowing exactly what happened the one way that i was able to determine that because one of the major questions was that it happened during a final walkthrough. Right. But the neighbor, like the U-Haul truck was parked in the driveway. Like this man had already made the purchase and started the move-in process and spent a night. I actually went onto to Soren's uh, Facebook page and spent quite a bit of time there reading all of the comments. And, and there were people very close to the case that added a little bit of insight um, to it. And just, I mean, you want to, you know, sit down and have a good cry.
1: Yeah. Holy moly. Sad. A lot of sad. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I was sitting alone in my office reading all of this stuff, and it was just like, it's oh god, it's it's so hard. It's so hard. So. And and you know, his final post was celebrating this home that he had sold. Then there was kind of radio silence on there. Obviously until 1014 when his brokerage Long and Foster posted about the tremendous loss to the community and how devastated they all are. There was just then an, an outpouring of love, support and prayers from friends and past clients. There was a, a candlelight vigil done for him. And, you know, as we said before, Soren wasn't just some like newbie green agent. He had worked with his family for his father's home inspection company. So that goes in and out of people's houses. And you can definitely make people upset with a home inspection.
1: And as a child, he would, like, tag along with his mom. With his mom.
0: Exactly, like Cozy does. Like, I'll drag Cozy sometimes if I don't have someone to watch her and I have to go to a showing. She's come into many houses, and I call her my assistant, you know? So this was not a case of someone doing something incorrectly or not following a protocol, but just pure pure tragedy so we here at the real crime podcast wish you know we'd like to wish peace to the family and friends of soren he is a man i think that Kristen and i probably would have loved if we had ever had the pleasure to meet him just based on everything that i've heard about him and seen and in a very troubling and similar situation our next agent and victim was also killed it's bizarrely similar, actually, in a lot of ways. It is. It is.
1: We're getting into that now?
0: Yeah, we'll just... Okay. We'll go right into it. Um, You know, we're covering a couple of people here, and I, I found that there were a lot of kind of odd similarities. It uh, happened between... around
1: the same time, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was both 2021. They were both super recent. Within
1: months of each other. Mm-hmm.
0: One was uh, December, and the other one was October, right. like late October, or early October, rather. So... Sarah Trost was an agent who was originally from South End, Essex, in England. She was the mother to a three-year-old girl, a loving wife. She was 40 years old, just living her best life in sunny Parkland, Florida. Now, Parkland is obviously a town we all know through another tragedy. That's where that uh, high school shooting was right? a number of years ago. Actually, I don't even think it was a number uh, of yeah, years it ago. ago. It feels like it happened eons ago but it wasn't that long ago so Sarah had arrived a bit early to one of her showings in Coral Springs she was just sitting in her jeep waiting for her client to arrive I can honestly say that I do this all the time like if I'm driving from place to place and there's no point in me like stopping or making another stop I'll get to wherever I'm going a little early answer emails check out Facebook do a little posting or something like that Mm -hmm. and that's I can only imagine that that's what she was doing. This was also a couple of days before Christmas, so she was probably doing like her last minute to do lists and everything. If they were hosting or what have you. There was a man who arrived and came into the parking area, the the driveway. There, his name was Raymond Reese.
1: He was a recently evicted tenant. Correct.
0: Right? Correct. Exactly. Raymond approached the car, mistaking Sarah for his former landlord, and he shot and killed her. And he didn't just shoot her once and walk away. He shot her multiple times and then walked away and called the police on himself.
1: And now you may be questioning how he could mistake Sarah, someone who had not been there.
0: Right. For his landlord. Who he should have known, you would assume. They
1: both had white jeeps and blonde hair. And I guess from afar... You could just assume. But, I mean, if you're there to kill someone.
0: He was probably in enough of a rage that it was just like pure adrenaline right. running through him just at that blinded point. blinded
1: at that point. Exactly. Now, obviously,
0: he, he called the police. The police come out and uh, he says, basically, send a dispatcher. I just shot and killed my landlord. Like, that's that's what he told the police. He was charged with first degree murder only to later find out that it had all been a case of mistaken identity and he actually hadn't shot and killed his landlord. Now, what caused him to want to kill his landlord? He was really pissed off by an email that the former landlord had sent and that he had read that morning. So he basically read the email and then drove to the house and Sarah was just wrong place, wrong time, totally tragic.
1: I mean, like, imagine how he feels after that, just knowing that he shot and killed an innocent person. I mean, not that his landlord deserved any of this. Absolutely. I, I mean, mean,
0: like, I, I, it's hard to tell if a person like that would even have remorse, because it's like... I'm,
1: well, and not not so much remorse, but he's probably pissed off that it wasn't the landlord. That it wasn't the
0: landlord. Exactly. Like, he's probably more upset about that than right. he is like about the fact that he ended a life. Exactly. Because he
1: killed the wrong person. And
0: he, the, the person he wanted to go right. after is still out there and free and stuff. Now, I spent some time trying to kind of get to know Sarah. I went to her Facebook page as well, which is, it's it's another weird kind of memorial frozen in time. She loved animals and her daughter. You can just see it in all of the photos in all of the comments. She was just a beautiful woman going to work. And now because some moron got heated over an email, a little girl is going to grow up without her mother. A husband will grow old without his best friend. And she was such an advocate for rescue dogs. And it looked like she fostered and stuff. Yeah. And And so
1: I actually saw that she kept like water bottles in her car to hand out to, you know, people like. Um, begging on the side of the street oh my god such, you know change at stoplights yeah. and such yeah yeah, yeah. she'll keep water bottles to hand out to them
0: oh god. so she was just like an, an incredible A really human being great person yeah like i saw something too on her facebook where i don't know if she was making masks or getting like reusable masks out to people or what the scoop was but just just an incredible person and she definitely like fostered and was big on, you know, advocating for animals. And so all of those beautiful puppies have lost an advocate, which really breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we we cover a lot of things on this podcast. We, you know, you know, Kristen and I at this point, we love true crime and mystery and murder houses and hauntings. But when we started this podcast, we kind of did so with a bit of an intention to really bring to light the dangers that all real estate related personnel, you know, personnel put themselves in. So I'm talking like home inspectors, I'm talking appraisers, people who are going into your home and they have no idea what they're walking into, sort of thing. Now look, I'm I'm not I'm not on the front lines by any means, but I It's funny. I was having this conversation with someone else. I was like, you know, we were one of those just kind of overlooked industries during the pandemics because we never stopped working. Like, I never got the downtime. I still had to mask up and go into people's houses and meet face to face because regardless of what was going on, people still needed a place to live. And I didn't know if people were sick or not. I didn't know what was going on. And we never made any of the thank you essential workers signs. And we were just really sad about that. So it was it was kind of a joke. I mean, clearly, we're not doctors. We're not nurses. We weren't putting ourselves in the thick of it. But I was like, but I work
1: too. No. Okay. We weren't on the... F- we, we weren't um, on any billboards either. No, that's
0: true. That's true. I know. It's all right. It's all right. Rachel was, though. Rachel was, because she's <laughs> a, a postal worker and all of our grocery store workers and that sort of thing and, and the people who kept us running and kept us eating and all that other stuff. And, like, we absolutely love it. But I was like,
1: yes, me too. Put,
0: put me on a poster. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but anyway. Because of, you know, this job and because of the branding and the marketing requirements to find success and to do it well, and even just do the job, not even just do it well. We put our names out there, our faces out there. Personal cell phone numbers. Personal cell phone numbers, bill on billboards, postcards, the internet, emails. I get more creepy callers and emailers than I like to think about. And each and every time it still kind of gives me that like, internal slimy feeling. And yes, I I mean, I chose this profession because I can't even come close to making the money that I do doing anything else, even with a college education. And so that's kind of the reality of our world right now. You know, at this point, unfortunately, President Biden isn't paying off my student loans. I'm still holding out hope that he's going to do that because anytime, buddy. Um, but, you know, and I I chose the job still kind of knowing the dangers to a certain extent. It's not something that they advertise. Nobody tells you that you're putting your life at risk. But quite frankly, it's so important that people recognize and understand that there is a huge risk in this in this job there have been 87 real estate related deaths in the last year. Now, I mean, that's like seven agents a month. That's That's crazy. That's a lot of people dying. And that's not like they happen to be a realtor and like they were out on the boat and their boat flipped and they died. Like (laughs) this is like real estate related deaths. So that's wicked high. If you ask me for doing what we do. Um, And also kind of, you know, with the the credit that we get and everything. But, you know, if you see something, it sounds silly, but just if it looks off, say something to someone, just kind of make yourself apparent. If you see someone being forced into a car and it looks questionable, do something about it. Just be aware that the agent who doesn't want to show you a house And meet you for the first time at 830 at night when the property is vacant (laughs) isn't being lazy or dismissive. They're trying to keep themselves alive. Now, you may not be a creeper, but trust me when I say that there are plenty of creepers out there. I mean, I'm done with my rant. I
1: was just going to say, are we? I'm done. I'm (laughs) done with
0: my rant. Hashtag end rant. And honestly, thank you for listening today. As always, we are sending out love to the survivors and the families who will never walk through a front door the same way again. Um, We really appreciate you being here. I know this was a a little bit more serious than some of our recent episodes, but we just wanted to take it back and remind you why we're here and everything. So thank
1: you. Also, don't worry. Next week is going to be a doozy. Yeah. I mean, of course it is. (laughs) We're gearing up
0: for NJ Horror Con. We're bringing our candles.
1: That we're making.
0: That we're making, which are awesome. And they smell really good.
1: I'm excited for those. And, and we might bring them unless I've decided to keep them all.
0: She won't decide to keep them all because we invested a lot of money. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to bring them. Um, but yeah, so we're,
0: we're gearing up for NJ Horrorcon, And we can't wait to meet you guys. And we appreciate so much that you're here. Again, much love to the families of Sarah and Soren. And we will see you all next week with a new episode. Stay well. Bye. Bye.